The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to the February 2023 Burl Collie Leadership Institute training activity. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about... um, the challenges and rewards of becoming president or vice president. Uh, we have three great panelists with us tonight. Um, but um, before we get into that, real quick, um, I have the co-chairs of the Burl Colley Leadership Institute uh, Training Committee with me. And I'm Ray Campbell, by the way, second vice president of ACB, in case you don't know who I am. I have the two co-chairs of the committee with me tonight, um, Donna Brown and Julie Brannon. Uh, Donna or Julie, do either of you want to say any anything before we start? I'll just say something real quick. This is Donna Brown. Welcome. Thank you all for joining us for this uh, February um, Borough Collie Leadership, and hopefully more will join us or come trickling in. But I hope you enjoy or get something out of this, and, and as you... Uh, progress through your leadership journey that you can learn something from tonight's presentation from these three wonderful presidents. So take it away, Ray. Okay. Um, Julie, did you want to say anything before we start? Um, probably I'll wait for my turn. I think she said it well. Okay. I'll, I'll just wait because I'm I'll let you, maybe, to you I'll, maybe I'll have you, we'll have you conclude that maybe that's what there we'll we go. Then. Sounds good. All right. Okay, good. And uh, Doug Powell's also here on the panel with me. So, uh, um, you know, you know, if we um, need to have some questions, uh, we can do that. Okay. Well, tonight we are privileged to be joined by three individuals who are um, presidents of either a state affiliate, a special interest affiliate, or a local chapter uh, in ACB uh, tonight. And they're going to talk to us about the, um, you know, how the, uh, challenges and, you know, about being president and vice president and you know, working their way up through their leadership journeys and, and some of the, uh, challenges that they had and how they overcame some of that and, uh, and, and the like. So, um, without further ado, uh, I'm going to introduce uh, our three panelists, and uh, three of you take it, take it in order, any order you'd like to. We have Amanda Selm, who is the president of ACB Next Generation, our newest affiliate, started about three years ago, right around this time. Um, Steve Bauer, who is the president of, uh, what chapter are you president of in California, Steve? It's the Greater Los Angeles chapter. The Greater Los Angeles chapter. Um, now home of the all-time leading scorer in the uh, in the uh, NBA, and who's our third panelist? I have forgotten. Julie Brandon. Oh, it's Julie. It's, uh, that's right. You're 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 playing double duty here. Okay. I am. Yeah. <laughs> that's what confused me. And Julie Brandon is president of the Washington Council of the Blind, uh, an affiliate that's done a lot in the area of leadership development over the years. So, um. I'm just going to let you, the three of you, get going, and uh, as we get down towards the end, uh, we'll hopefully have some time for some Q&A. Without further ado, um, I will, whichever one of you wants to start, uh, please go ahead. And maybe, Ray, uh, you know, have them speak um, beyond the Constitution and bylaws. You know, you, the, the duties are, are 
uh, mapped out in the Constitution and bylaws, but that's very sketchy. Yeah. So what do you see as your role as president of your affiliate or chapter? I guess I'll start. Um, this is Amanda. Um, I, um, my name's Amanda Selm. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm the president of ACB Next Generation, and Ray is correct. We were um, chartered um, just about three years ago. So um, I'm going to, as I was preparing for this, um, I wrote out my outline, and I thought it would be really cool for me to put this in sports talk for some people, um, just just to kind of make it and, you know, kind of make it similar. So um, it's, I see my role as, you know, not just leading the affiliate. Um, it's more so you're leading the affiliate, but you, you're on, you're doing it on, on all different levels. And so the first thing is, is um, when you're a president, you have to remember that you're also a member of the organization. So you're getting, you know, down on that membership level and trying to figure out what your members want to see as well. So you're the player uh, in, you know, in the game. Um, and then the second thing, uh, so my second role that I see um, me doing as um, the president is I work with um, all of our committees and our affiliate. So the way our constitution works is that the, and I think this is how it, you know, it plays out um, in all of the, our affiliates is that I'm an ex officio member of all of our committees. So what's really nice about that is I get to work with all of our committees and I kind of get to meet them, you know, where they're at in next gen. We have some committees that are, you know, pretty good. They, they manage themselves very well. Um, they're very well organized. And then we have some that need more help. So I can kind of meet them where, where they need. And the fun part about that is, is I get to be involved um, with our committee. So like I get to work on, you know, different projects with each committee, like with our publications committee, I'm working on them with a podcast. Um, and then with, you know, membership, our membership committee, um, I get to work with them on putting together game plans on, you know, engagement and, you know, um, working with them on how we're going to recruit. Um, so I get to be not just the player as a member, but I get to be on the, the same team with our committee members as well. Um, the other thing that I see my role is I see my, you know, kind of being the, um, I'm, I'm a coach of a team, um, and I am the, the cheerleader. They kind of go hand in hand. So being the cheerleader, um, and the coach, you know, we offer a lot of encouragement and support because, you know, we're all humans. We're not robots. We're not programmed like that. So there's a lot of encouragement and support and, you know, you've got this, it's, it's, it's going to be okay kind of encouragement and just talking with people one-on-one -on -one to see what they need and, you know, trying to, um, you know, meet them where they need to be. And um, I like to do that because I feel like um, when you can openly communicate with people and, and see where, what, what they need and where they're at, you know, we can, we can best help them come up with their own individual game plan. 
But then there's times where you have to be the referee um, in the game, and you you learn skills along the way. So I'm the referee, and then I'm also the student at the same time. Um, because you're gonna get you're gonna have conflict come up, whether that be between board members or whether that be between committee members, and um, those things just kind of happen. We don't know. We always don't don't know the answers to that, but we learn as we we go. We learn as we grow. So um, that's another one of the challenges that you know I've had to face is learning how to deal with conflict and a calm and um, a calm and um, confident manner to you know not to trust my judgment and to not like go oh my gosh, did I do the right thing? Um, but it it's a skill that I'm still learning. Um, but, and it's okay. We're all students of life. But the, but the important thing that I think presidents um, need to learn in general that I think we're all trying to figure out is that we're humans and we have to be able to balance our leadership roles. It's kind of like a circus. We have to be able to balance our leadership roles and we have to be able to balance our personal goals as well. So I think the most important skill that I think I'm still trying to learn, even though it's, it's all out there in ACB land, you know, provided by mentors and past presidents and such, I think we have to learn to take care of ourselves sometimes. And so that's why I'm grateful for all of the resources that ACB has to offer. So that's the challenges that I currently face, but um, we're, we're so excited to be surrounded by a sea of support. And we're so excited to just keep learning and, and growing. So yeah, I'll take questions when, whenever we get there. Well, then I'll go next. Um, this is Julie Brannon. And as Ray said, I'm the president of the Washington Council of the Blind. I'm in my fourth year. I can't believe it. <laughs> Three years behind. And we, I was involved with dealing with the COVID years. Certainly didn't expect that. But that was some navigating and negotiation. As far as my role, um, WCB has uh, 19 committees and 16 chapters. So it's a big, fairly big state and two special affiliates, by the way. And I see my main role as empowering the leaders and that that's all I have mainly have energy and time to do. And so I, um, I do end up talking to members a lot. And like Amanda said, a lot of conflict management often with personality issues does happen, but I really try mainly because of, of just time, energy and space to work with leaders and empower them to take care of their conflict situations and their um, people management stuff. That's my goal is to get always a leader to do it first. And so we had for three years, we had monthly meetings with presidents, or I did monthly meetings with presidents and monthly meetings with committee chairs and affiliate chairs. What we decided to do kind of the end of last year was bi-monthly meetings. And that made it nice for me, to be honest with you, but bi-monthly meetings. And so we still meet. We have an email distribution list for leaders of committees and presidents and the board. I also see my role, I should say that too, as being um, a leader within the board realm. And we have 12 board officers 
in WCB. So I see myself as very involved with those three components. And my goal, um, like Ray said, we have done a lot of leadership training in WCB. We started, I believe, and Cindy could correct me if she remembers, 2001, I think is when we started having leadership weekends and trainings. This year, our first year, we're doing something different, very similar to ACB. In fact, I've teased Kenneth that he and I came up with the idea around the same time, but we're doing what we're calling kind of an intentional mentoring leadership program. It's going to be very different. It will be leadership training interspersed with mentees, we're calling them being mentored within particular um, leadership positions. So like a mentee might say, I might someday want to be a committee chair, chapter president, a board member, an officer. We'll connect them with a mentor who either is doing that currently or has done that in the past. And they'll have experiences to work alongside that mentor, take some of the mentor's workload just to see, is this really what I want? Oh my gosh, I thought I wanted to be a chapter president, but I really don't think so. So we're really excited about that. We're having five weeks training and several months of mentoring. And then we're gonna have an in-person event um, at our board meeting in August. And that's part of what the leadership role will be is attending the board meeting. Um, I agree with Amanda. I have had to learn to set boundaries on myself because if you let yourself in the president of any affiliate, you could spend your whole day every day doing it. I finally decided I'm not going to do WCB stuff on Sundays. That's going to be a day of rest. It's in the Bible. Now it's in my head. <laughs> so I really don't do that. And um, I would say probably six days out of the week, I really, you know, you're doing something with WCB. I'd like to say, well, I'm only going to do it from, you know, eight to noon, five days a week. It doesn't work that way, as you all know. Um, things filter in, deadlines happen. So it's been an exciting job. One of the things I really had to learn, I got kind of spoiled with COVID in that we weren't having in-person conventions and actually um, doing my presidential role at a convention was very different doing it on Zoom. This year, WCB had a hybrid convention, part in person, just like ACB, part in person, part online. That was really a shot. Boy, I felt like I was a first-time president, an in-person convention. A lot of details that I had to really quickly adjust to and get used to. And even my responsibilities with an in-person convention were huge. And I that was new to me in a way. I really didn't, I felt like I'm in my um, second to last year, which was last year at the convention and just beginning. So there's a lot of learning. And also, I don't want to detach myself from the membership. I think sometimes members might feel that's the case. And I've had to tell many of them, I will deal with you as much as I can, but my, I really do see my main role is empowering the leaders. And that includes, again, chapter presidents, the board and officers, and committee chairs. And then... Um, my goal, too, is to get them to empower the people under them and empower the members. We have currently two affiliates, which I'm really proud of. One that's been in existence for a long time, started by Marlena Lieberg. Many of you probably know Marlena. That's Guide Dog Users of Washington State. Uh, Danette Dixon, many of you know Danette, started our WCB Diabetics Group a few years ago. And we have two uh, special mm -hmm. affiliates in the offing that should come to, fru to fruition in 2023. And that's a members at large affiliate and a young adult affiliate. So I'm really excited by, I, 
I had two things I wanted to do before I left my presidency. One was to develop that more intentional leadership program. We're going to have a wonderful committee working with that. Steve Fixtel is my co-chair on that. And then also to work with developing a young adult affiliate. And we have a new board member, TJ Breitenfeld, who is heading that. So those were my two goals. I thought if those things could be accomplished and if not completed, at least started, I will feel like I've left the presidency, leaving the organization in good stead. So it's been a big job. I would never tell anyone that if you want to go into the presidency, it's going to be easy and it's you know not going to be time consuming, all that stuff. But I must say it's been rewarding. I've been a part of ACB, and I hate to say this because it might give you a clue how old I am, <laughs> for about 29 years. Amazing. So um, I certainly have a lot of background in the organization, a lot of passion. I also think a presidency takes passion. And you have to do things. And like Amanda said so well, you have to watch yourself out, watch yourself so that you don't burn out. You have to be very good at delegating. My board members tease me that I ask them, what do they see their role as? And they say, doing whatever you ask me to do. <laughs> so anyway, I've been much, much better about delegating. And that's really been good. Um, delegate to your officers and your board members. And I've asked like committee chairs, each of them take a turn facilitating the committee chairs meetings. So it, it's good to be able to delegate. I had two things happen to me in my presidency. First, in 21, I got COVID really bad and was hospitalized. So people did have to step in. And some of the officers and board members said that was almost the best thing that could happen. because that, And that's why I believe in intentional mentor, mentoring. It gave them a chance to feel with what the responsibilities were. And then last year in January, I broke my shoulder and had a total reverse replacement which um, I had, was in a sling for several weeks and couldn't type or do anything. So again, the board and officers had to step in. So that's what I would recommend to any president. Be sure you delegate, otherwise you will burn out and give people chances. Many of them have said they didn't even know what skills they had until they had to step in because I wasn't available. So that's in a nutshell for me. And I say with Amanda at the end, I'd be welcoming any questions. Mm -hmm. And if you want to learn more about delegating, uh, good segue, Julie. Um, <laughs> during the DC Leadership Conference, we'll be talking all about delegating and stuff. Yeah. So, still nice little plug there. Okay, Steve, uh, you're go ahead. All right, thanks, Ray. Um, I'm Steve Bauer, and as I said, uh, president of the Greater Los Angeles chapter. Um, gosh, Amanda and Julie said uh, much of what needs to be said. I think tonight, I. I guess I'm more of a politics junkie than I am a sports junkie. So I kind of do the politics metaphors and I see one of my big roles as kind of the buck stops here and be that with the, uh, the members, you know, needing information or having questions or concerns or whatever, uh, you know, with CCB and, and goes the other direction. Obviously uh, the state office having issues or having to deal with whatever comes up with our, our chapter. And I think, you know, aside from the obvious things of, you know, presiding over the meetings and stuff like that, you're you're kind of setting the agenda to a large degree and uh, setting the tone uh, for a lot of things. And, uh, um, you know, I think that's really important. Uh, and I, I love what Amanda said about meeting people where they are, because that's, that's so important. And that's why I tend to even, you know, with uh, uh, our board members and our committees, uh, yeah, there are roles prescribed in our Constitution, but folks have different strengths and weaknesses. And so you figure out what those are and, you know, encourage them to bring those out <laughs> back to delegating. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, we're a volunteer organization. So, you know, we, we don't have the luxury uh, 
at least our chapter doesn't have any staff members. We we have one and a half paid staff members in, in our state organization. But, uh, you know, everybody's got to have the passion for whatever it is they do, be that leading um, a chapter, leading a committee, uh, doing a specific task, whatever that is. And I just think that when you find out what those folks are and get to know your members, I mean, I really make it a point to uh, obviously, you know, talk to members at meetings and stuff. But uh, and that's become a bit more of a challenge with the uh going from uh, in-person to Zoom because, you know, you're not just sitting next to somebody at lunch or something like that. But to, uh, to really talk to folks and, you know, even if it's outside the, ch the uh, chapter, um, last year we kind of did a redo of our CCV database and we're collecting a lot more information. And so I just made it a point to, you know, call everybody and ended up having a, you know, just to get the information, but also branched off into, you know, what do you see yourself doing in the chapter type thing and, you know, having you know, 20, 30 minute conversation with every member in the chapter. And, you know, it took me a few weeks to get through everybody, but uh, it was a great experience for me because I got to know some folks uh, a lot better. And um, another way we encourage that is to, uh, we do member profiles at our meetings. And, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of ideas because I've learned a lot. And I've, you know, I've done some of these people, you know, 25, 30 years, but I've met, I've learned things at the profiles that I did not know. And again, a great way to find out what folks are uh are interested in what they're capable of and uh that sort of thing i think too a big role that i play is uh you know in the la area we've actually got several um great chapters and so i'm you know seeing part of my role as kind of liaison but you know those of us getting together and you know we've we've planned regional events in the past and you know gee you have this great guest speaker maybe we should have this or you know even something as simple as is keeping dates from conflicting and that sort of thing um, and then I guess the other thing would be to, uh, you're just kind of there, uh, as a balancing act and, you know, delegation is a lot part of that, but, uh, you know, hoping to head off conflicts before they happen and, and, uh, you know, just talking to folks about their concerns and, uh, those various things. So, um, I think that's really, uh, you know, I, I love the, the part about meeting folks where they are. That to me is a really big, uh, part of it and uh yeah i'll be happy to answer happy yeah happy to answer any mm -hmm. questions anyone has okay thank you before we go to the audience questions um i i'd like to ask if each of you could take a, a minute or two and uh talk about an issue that is real important to a lot of organizations right now and steve don't go too far i'm coming back right coming right back to you on the for first on this um, a lot of organizations uh, are concerned about increasing the diversity um, of their their leadership, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, so I'd like to know, just maybe take a couple minutes, maybe one or two things that you're doing as president to try and improve the diversity, both of your membership and probably more importantly, your leadership uh, within your organization. So I'm gonna, we're going to go Steve, Amanda, and Julie in, in that order on this one. Gosh, you know, I honestly can't say that uh, we have a specific agenda. I mean, uh, part of, you know, what CCB is increasing uh, database last year, we started collecting information on eighth, uh, race and ethnicity and uh um you know things like that and so those discussions have come up in the chapter um you know i'm pretty proud to say that uh, we, we have a pretty diverse board i mean uh, um there's a couple of us white guys but uh, we've we've you know uh, we've got uh, women and we've got uh, 
um several minorities and <laughs> so we're we're doing pretty good but no i i have to fess that we really haven't made a a specific effort to do that but other than just be becoming more aware of it all right um this is amanda so um going back to um kind of some of the events that we've held in next gen um we have held a, a couple of cultural um events in the past we worked with mcac um i believe it was two years ago um to uh to put together a an event on for on black history and that was a pretty popular event and we've also um th this past december we worked with the um international relations committee we, we have that connection with maria christage being on the chair of that committee and being our treasurer um we did a program with them this past december on holidays that were celebrated you know in december around the world so we had representation you know talking about the different not just christmas but like different holidays such as you know the hindu holiday and the winter solstice and hanukkah and things like that um what we are what we are doing currently um as far as diversity um I, we try to um i in group projects when in the past i have tried to um put together people that um are diverse in personality not so much in like their race or ethnicity but like their their personality so i might put like a group of outgoing people together with a group uh with a couple of people that are you know are, are you know not so outgoing um to kind of balance it out a little bit and kind of switch it up a little bit to kind of make sure that we're moving around and we're, we're making connections. And so that's what we're, that's what we're doing. And then um, to also in our, um, in our board meetings, you know, to make sure that we're recognizing diversity that also includes the diversity of opinions, knowing that we're not always going to agree. So, you know, we do allow for everyone to share their thoughts and opinions. And that goes all the way down to the committee chairs. You know, they do a really great job of, you know, making sure that they, the committee members, have a platform mm -hmm. that, you know, where they can share their thoughts and ideas. All right. Okay. This is Julie. I would say we don't have a policy either and you know all this idea of this stuff is new i can honestly say i don't think wcb has ever even looked or been concerned or not included anyone from a different ethnic background um, or anyone from a different um, sexual background or anyone from a different political background and we're diverse already in those in those you know situations. Mm -hmm. One thing we've done is try to do what we can to reach out to the Hispanic community, in that we have a lot of Hispanics in Eastern Washington. So we've developed both our um, senior vision loss brochure and our regular WCB brochure in Spanish, hoping to mm -hmm. include the Hispanic community more. One of our very strong members is part of the Native American community. And she's often brought Native American interests and insights, all that stuff to us. But I don't think, 
I really can't think. And that's why I've loved WCB. They've, they've not excluded people. You know, people might say, well, they might not, they might be a little mentally challenged, whatever, et cetera. We've never said they can't run for an office. We've never not let them be in an office. Um, so I, I can honestly say I've never ever seen WCB as being exclusive or even thinking about anyone's diversity as a negative. I've seen them as being very inclusive. And that's one reason I joined WCB in the first place was how inclusive it was. Great, great. great. Can I take the next one? Yeah, please. Uh, so this is about presidents and vice presidents. And so I wanted to get to how do you use, you know, obviously constitution and bylaws again, uh, vice president is supposed to take over when the president is unavailable, that kind of thing. But beyond that, usually it's not very specified what the duties of a vice president are. How do you three folks use your vice presidents? Well, I can start. I used mine a lot when I was <laughs> held up. <laughs> right. More than he probably wanted to be. Yeah. Um, I use the vice president even when there's been conflict situations. He has stepped in and, you know, and there was a time where we had, oh, about three or four conflictual situations going on. And I gave them, you know, a couple of them to him, especially when I think people might relate to him really well. He's a very soft-spoken gentleman. Um, and, you know, they might relate to a man talking to them better than me doing that, et cetera. So I really have utilized, I believe, my vice president as much as I possibly can. And also with the idea, and you never know because we're election oriented, you never know who's going to be in an office. I mean, it's not like in the workplace where you can, you know, hire someone for a position. You don't know if a person is going to be elected. But I think every president has the idea in the back of their mind that this vice president could easily become the president because often that's a role that that you know, vice president takes. So <laughs> that's how I've looked at my vice president, not saying who's going to be, but looking at that person as this person. And in our mentoring program, I will be strongly um, mentoring, you know, if he's interested in taking the position, strongly mentoring the vice president in case he becomes the president. So. I have utilized him, I think, fairly extensively. And he's been more than willing. It's just been a joy to work with a vice president who's so willing to do anything you ask him to do. I mean, some people, I've heard about some VPs who rebel and say they're too busy and don't want to do it. And that's not my job. And that's been a joy for me. And I think that's important to, um, I know he and I had a conversation once I was elected about how we saw our roles. And I thought that was important too. This is Steve, and I think really beyond the, um, you know, uh, stand in for the president when, when I'm not available, uh, again, it's meeting people where we are. I've had uh, two vice presidents under me, um, and I had the great fortune to be mentored by an amazing president uh, when I was vice president. And I think all of our roles, it was kind of a meet people where they are. I mean, uh, our first vice president had, you know, a very different skill set than our second. And and fortunately, some of the same areas, but uh, um, we're a pretty small group. So we've been very lucky to be able to, you know, amongst the board kind of, you know, figure out uh, who's going to do what. Uh, but again, I think it's, uh, you know, tap into your strengths and weaknesses of, uh, of your VP like everybody else. And, you know, with the added thing that... Uh, hey, that person someday may be in your role, so make sure he or she understands 
what it is you do for the chapter as, as uh, was said earlier from you know in eight to 12 on monday through friday or whatever and, and <laughs> sometimes on sunday just you know uh have you know everything out in the open i i, I totally agree with openness i mean it's you know and yeah, and I guess the last thing I'll say is, yeah, I mean, I totally understand. And, and part of that meet people where they are business is um, there are situations that I know my vice president can do a better job of mediating uh, uh, than I do for a variety of reasons. And so just figuring out, you know, when to ask that person to do it, when to do it yourself, when to consult. I think that's really where it's at. Cool. Amanda? Okay, I'm going to try to answer this question um, the best way I can. Um, so, um, uh, there was an issue that, that came up um, in the spring uh, or maybe late summer of last year. And um, so, I don't normally lean on my first VP um, as much because my first VP is my husband. Um, so yeah, so, so if you want my honest answer, um, he's my yelling partner, um, but no, um, no, um, no, 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 no. Uh, in all fairness, um, I actually approach when there was a huge issue, um, last, uh, last year, late summer, early summer, late summer, I can't remember when, um, I actually asked all my the officers for assistance um, just to get some difference of opinions because we had a I had an issue that I couldn't figure out um, on my own and I had reached out to my officers to kind of assist me with this because there's really no no I don't think I I don't even know how to answer this because it's not spilled out like the way I've always seeing the first VP and the second VP is that they fill in for the president when they're not there. And unfortunately, there's only been one incident where our second VP has had to fill it, had to fill in for me back in 2021 um, after the passing of my father. So um, that's why you have two of them, I believe. Um, and so I think it's important um, to say on this wavelength is that you have um, your officers ready to assist you and help give you perspective. Now, I have reached out to our current second VP several times to get some perspective on a, on a couple of issues. So I do see them in that capacity, but um, all of our officers at the same time have been excellent mentors and that goes for um the current and the previous as they're you know helping um with the succession planning that we're going because unfortunately um next gen has an age restriction and all five of us are going to be aging out <laughs> at the end of next year <laughs> so, uh, that is that is right now of how I view not just my VPs, but my officers, that they are, you know, there to assist in, mm -hmm. in any way they can. And, you know, I, I'm very thrilled to have them. Great. Um, okay. We've got about 18 minutes left. Uh, so now it's your turn out there in the audience. So if you'd like to ask uh, any of our esteemed leaders up here any questions 
uh, feel free to raise your hand um, in Zoom. Uh, and Nikki, if you just kind of shout out, if you get somebody in Clubhouse, we'll uh, we'll take them. And Cindy Laban has now joined us as host. Thank you, Cindy. And uh, you're welcome. Glad to have you. And um, okay, do we have any hands? Yes, we do. In Zoom, you have Lynn Coral. All right, Lynn Corral. Okay, Go ahead, Lynn. First of all, I thought you were all. Did you hear me? Yeah, we got you loud and clear. You were all of you, Amanda, Steve, and and uh, Julie. You are all wonderful. I just thought what you said was so fantastic, um, and and very uh, prescient too. I think that um, one of the things that I'm concerned about is diversity, and I think that more states should enact or or should should start uh, diversity committees. Um, I have been a proponent of this in Washington State. We haven't done it yet, but I'm hoping we will because you have to be intentional about it. You can't just say, oh, we're going to do it and we feel this way. You have to actually be intentional about it because that's the way I feel about it. And especially as a religious minority to a certain extent and all that, I just think that um, it's just very important not to assume that people are one way or another. And so that's my thing. I just thought you were all really marvelous in terms of how you see your role, especially, I, I love, Ray, by the way, I'm looking forward to delegating because that's what leaders have to do is delegate and make sure that they um, groom um, other you know, leaders themselves. So I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Lynn. Um, before I ask our panelists, if anybody wants to take that, I think I think that um, it was, you know, I, 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 I like what Dan, you know, what Dan has done. He's been very intentional about uh, the diversity, but I also thought, Amanda, that you made a really good point in that we're, you know, we tend to think of some, you know, ethnic and racial diversity and gender diversity and, you know, sexual, you know, gender identification, those sorts of things. But we really are diverse in thought and diverse in a lot of other characteristics as well. So uh, do any of the three of you want to respond to uh, Lynn's comment? Okay, hearing none. Uh, do we have any other hands? Okay, I'll give you, we have one more and then we can check Nikki. Okay, area code 508 ending in 613. I bet that's Jane. I bet it is too. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Jane. Okay, I Jane, I did. Yes, it's, yes, it's there me. There you go. James there you me. go. <laughs> Oops. Go ahead. We can hear you. We, we can go hear ahead. you. Let me, I don't know how she came on down. <laughs> Can you hear me now? We got yes. you. We got you. Sorry again. This is Jane Perry from Falmouth, Massachusetts. And yes, you were right, Ray. And this is your Cape Cod Connection. Great program. And I was a president of another organization. And I learned very quickly and fast about conflict resolution and delegating. So that kind of leads me, segues into my two questions. First of all, how do you select your committee chairs? And the other question is, when you became president, did you go from the chairs or did you just jump in because no one filled that position? Thank you. Okay. Uh, I can answer. Okay, it's Amanda. I can answer ahead, Jane's Amanda. question. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a couple of different ways that, um, I reach out to committee chairs. The first thing is, is, um, you know, I do 
when I first started, I did an interest, you know, looked out and see who was interested. And I kind of, if no one interested, I kind of looked at personalities. Um, and then the second way, once you're most est more established, um, you look at who's already on that committee um, to see who who is stepping out on that committee and who's ready to move up. And I'll give you an example. Um, so our, on our PR committee this year, um, we had a chair that our chair was stepping down and then we had, I had to quickly move um, into looking for another chair. Um, so when doing that, I looked at who was on that committee and started to see who was stepping out of their comfort zone a little bit more and ended up uh, making that a co-chair position. Um, and I'm finding that co-chair positions are really, really good. They're starting to turn into um, a mentor kind of process. And then I have, um, you know, others that just work really well um, as co-chairs as well. And then your second question, maybe it was your first question. I can't remember. No, it was your second one. Um, I started out, my path was a little different. Um, so, Jane, I started out in Kentucky. I was the um, secretary for a, our local chapter of NextGen. And then um, within a year, um, I was the um, elected to the KCB board as a director. Um, two years, I was appointed as um, a committee chair for our convention committee, and I served in that position for two years. Um, and then when Next Gen was thought about in, in ACB, um, Kim Charleston had appointed me as the committee chair of the ACB Next Generation Steering Committee at the time. And then I went from there um, to being the president of ACB Next Generation. And this is Julie. Mm -hmm. um, what I did when I became president was I decided that every officer and board member would be a chair of a committee because I thought that would help them keep their um, toe in the water and be very aware of what's going on, not only at the board level, but at the committee level. So that's what I did with that. We had some leftover committees, obviously, because we have more committees than board members and officers. And those people, some of them I chose as chairs that have been doing it before, or like Amanda said, that showed an interest. I also initiated a vice chair component. Every, every committee has a vice chair. And that is so that when the chair is unable, unavailable for a meeting, and also for mentoring purposes. A few committees we call have co-chairs and vice chairs. So some committees are really well covered. Some people really want to work together and both take equal leadership. So that's the co-chairs. But most of our committees have a chair and vice chair. So that's how I've done the committee part. And Jane, I think I missed kind of the last part. Your second question was it how we got to where we are? Yeah, how we how you each got to where you what kind of what your path was like. I think. Okay, my path was in the chairs, or did you just jump in because no one wanted to serve in that position? Yeah, my path has been. I started out with the secretary of my local chapter. I was president of my local chapter off and on for up to eight years. And then I was a board member twice within WCB. I was vice president within WCB and then became president. Okay. Steve? Hey, Ray, it is 10 of. Thank you, Cindy. Okay. And I'll make this brief. Uh, I usually, um, of course, have an eye to what is 
who has been chairing previous committees, but uh, basically at the beginning of every year, I let it be known that uh, uh, we have these, uh, in our case, uh, five committees, and uh, anybody that is interested in chairing or serving on the committee, um, get a hold of me. And in most cases, worked out. So we've had a couple of conflicts where I've actually had to make a decision. Uh, this person, two people wanted it, but uh, uh, you're it. But uh, our <laughs> chapter, I guess, is small enough that we haven't really, and we've been working together long enough, many of us, that it hasn't been uh, uh, too much of a problem. As far as how I became president, I was, uh, you know, a member for many, many years and uh, was vice president. And uh, sadly, our uh, president and my great mentor, Ken Metz, passed away. And uh, mm. the Constitution says that the vice president becomes president in that situation. So uh, it's like, what? Me? <laughs> so, <laughs> and there I was. And I just, you know, thanked uh, God for all the all the mentoring and, and time that Ken spent uh, uh, showing me the ropes. And I, you know, try to do that to others. Uh, because you never know when, when that's going to happen. All right. All right. Thank you. Do we have any um, hands in Zoom or Clubhouse? We do Zoom. But okay. Do we have anything it, in Clubhouse? We don't Nikki, have Nikki? any in Clubhouse. Although, if you don't mind, Ray, I, if you permit me, I do have a question that I would like to ask. Let's take the uh, let's take the Zoom hand okay. first, and then we'll take that question. Um, how many hands do I have in Zoom, Cindy? Two. Two. Okay, okay, so let's, let's take take the first hand, then we'll take Nikki, and then we'll take the last hand, and that'll be about all the time we'll have. Okay, Carla, go for it. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, this is Carla Hayes, and I'm the uh, <laughs> I, I'm much uh, against their better judgment. I'm the president of our local chapter. I mean, I'm, I'm in. This is my second term, so I'll be rotating off. We'll be having an election, and they get to impeach me or whatever in the fall. But anyhow, my question is: um, I have my chapter has been going through some really challenging terrible things okay and i and a pres as a president i really need some help as to how to be strong when i say terrible things well first of all of course we've had the pandemic and we didn't skip a beat i got us a free conference line and we meet on the phone and it's funny sometimes we'll still do it we, we're back to being in person but um but um but some of the things that we've gone through has been well typical conflicts and things like that. But last year, one of our um, apartments where a lot of the you know several of the members reside, um, you know, it was one of the high rises. There was a fire, a terrible fire, and we lost one of our members in the fire. And um, you know, we've also lost a young member to cancer. We we've just had so many losses that it's really hard to hold together and to offer consolation and to be strong and to be, you know, I just, as president, I feel like I should, you know, I feel like I should do more and I, I don't know what to do. And does anybody have any advice about how you can help your chapter or your organization through adversities like that? This is Steve, and I'll just say this is not the uh, short-term solution, but uh, um, as chapter president, our, our state organization, every year at our convention, we devote really an evening, a couple hours, to uh, a memoriam for members we've, last, we've lost in the last year. And uh, I found that to be very 
very healing for a lot of us, certainly myself, to kind of remember because, uh, yeah, we didn't lose any last year, but we had actually the year before COVID. I think we lost three people, so it's uh, it can get a little crazy sometimes. And just that group acknowledgement of uh, these great people, you know, is is and then there are many more necessary components, but that's the one that I felt the most helpful to me personally. Okay. And Julia. this is Julie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Carla, for one thing, allow allow your chapter members to grieve. That's one thing that I've learned. We lost some really strong state people. Many of you know Sue Amateur and Marlena Lieberg, and we did have to grieve as a state. We acknowledged them. We um, acknowledged their work, and we all agreed that you know none of none of us are going to fill their shoes. But allow grieving, I would say, and also delegate to other chapter members to be in touch with those that might be grieving more strongly so that you're not feeling responsible to be in that role totally yourself. So that's one thing I would say. And then start building up from ground zero in the sense of whatever positions those people held in your chapter, whatever strengths they had. Talk to your members about let's now develop some leadership skills that they gave to us that we now need to step into. We had to do that within our state also. Okay, Amanda, is there anything you want to add or? Um, no, you know what? I, I think both of the other two did a good job. And I think for the sake of time, Ray, I think we're, I'm okay too. Okay. Um, let us go on. Okay, let's, uh, okay, Nikki, let's go ahead and take your question then. Okay. I just became vice president of my local chapter. And um, my the president I have has been president for many years and and she she's a great person I love her and it's not I'm not asking this because I couldn't ask her I could definitely but I'd love to have some thoughts as to what is the best way I can help her as vice president and how often should I I don't want to ask her too often do you need help with this do you want my help do you want my help but then I do want her to know that she can come to me for help anytime um but of course like i said i don't want to take over and i don't want to ask her too often and get on her nerves either Um, and we get along really well but i'd love thoughts various opinions on on what you feel is the best way a vice president can support a president yep um okay just a real quick thoughts any of you i would say um you know when there's something that you want to help with or you feel you can help with um uh, jump in, you know, get your hands dirty. And, and you know, if she says, no, I, I can do this myself, then that's okay. But by actually doing something, you're proving to her that uh, you're capable and willing and, and maybe even, you know, care about a particular thing. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, and I, I would actually say, um, you know, sit down and, and say, look, you know, I'm probably going to be president next. And I'd love to find out, you know, I'd love to learn about the job beforehand. So um, I'd love to be included in your thought processes and, you know, and that kind of thing. And if there's any, uh, you know, if there are any um, committees that you, you feel like uh, we need to manage a little bit more, you know, if you'd help, you know, if you'd use me in that way, that would be great. Something okay. along those lines. Yep. Awesome. Well, I did offer to chair one already that I'm, that I'm doing. So I did do that so far. So okay. that's Super. great. Anybody, we've got about two minutes, guys. Anybody else want to put anything in before we uh, take the last question? Okay. Um, Cindy, let's take that last hand and zoom in. Hey, Danette, go ahead. Hello. Hello. 
So for me, my, the, the chapter that I'm going to ask about is it's a fairly new president and she was off to getting her new getting her first guide dog. And so the vice president took the meeting <clears throat> and he stated that, you know, it really would not bother me if I, Danette, did, ran the meeting. And as I looked at him and I said, uh, no, I think it would be good for you to do it. And I'll be here to help. So I made the agenda larger for him so that he could, and he did, he did good. How, what do you, I know where Julie's out of this, just because I already know Julie. How, about mentoring, you, like your next predator, predator, whatever that word is. <laughs> Predecessor, predator. Oh, oh wow. I can't even feel you guys got there. Um, you mean your okay. successor? Successor, yeah, yeah. successor, you're, you're successor, successor. Yeah, yeah. This is probably opening a whole new ball of worms, but yeah. <laughs> well, I kudos to you, Danette, for um, kind of putting that on him and help, but helping him. Uh, that was really, that was really good. Um, any anybody want to put anything in? Add anything for Danette? I'm currently um, doing that right now, Danette, um, yeah. because yeah, because there are. Um, five officers that will be aging out um, and to, or terming out completely um, next year. So what I'm doing is, um, I think what you're you're doing is right, giving them a little bit more responsibility, and I would just increase it and add in some encouragement. Okay. I'm saying, you know, you're doing a really good job, but is there anything I can help you with? Steve or Julie? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say, am I on? Yeah, you're yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Just say one thing. One thing that's very hard for leaders to do when someone does take their position is to be quiet and let that new person lead. And that is a skill. And that's yeah. so necessary. And I, I, yeah. if you really want to help mentor someone, that's yeah. a key. And they're not going to do it the way you would do it. And maybe even not yeah. as well, but to let them do it. That's really very important in mentoring. Sometimes I have to bite my tongue, bite it off. Yeah, yes. is that true? <laughs> and, and Steve, you want to say anything real quick? Or no, I I like that. That's that's, that's essentially good. what I was going to say. Yeah, just excellent, give... excellent. All right. Well, um, okay. Well, before we are just about out of time, so I'm going to ask Julie if she would uh, kind of close us out. But before I do that. Thank you to Cindy for hosting, to Nikki for moderating and streaming, to um, uh, Doug and Pam Shaw and um, uh, for helping kind of put this together, to Steve, Amanda, and Julie for being our panelists this evening and and uh, that. And Julie, I'm going to let you close us out. All right. Well, thank you all so much for attending. We were really excited about this topic. Hopefully we've given some ideas and I'm sure if you're interested in talking to any of us more, if you contact ACB, they would give you our contact information. And we'd be glad to share any more about leadership stuff. So thank you so much. And as we mentioned uh, next month, it'll be part of the DC leadership conference about delegating. So uh, we'll see you then. <laughs>